The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast. We're, of course, always presented by DraftKings. Love those guys. Love this show. Love how popular it is. Thank you for coming aboard what is, I think, universally a top five NFL betting podcast in the galaxy. Pretty humbling, really. I think most of you know this, but I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, classic journeyman. Back in the 2000s, ever since then, just been doing a couple small businesses, media gigs, and a bunch of podcasts like the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, which is daily during the season. People love the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Of course, we got the College Draft Podcast talking college football, like we did, by the way, last week on this show. Brad Powers was excellent talking about college football betting and the success that he has this week. We got another one of Fezzik buddies. We've got the Hitman. Check out Steve on social at Fezzik Sports. He's the star of the show. And I don't know if they're friends or not, but they Steve connected me with him. So they at least are acquaintances. The Hitman at Hitman428 on social media. Hitman, thanks so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. It's nice to be on. You know, I was listening to this show years ago when Steve really didn't even know who I was. And then one day, Steve and I met in Vegas. And Steve, I feel like then you said, you know, I can make some money off this guy. And then years down the road, here we are doing podcasts together. Here we are. You know, one thing that's great about the Hitman, we bet, you know, we, we share bets sometimes. And this is a really good trait. Every now and then I have a stinker, you know, <laughs> Put a bet out there and it loses. And and Tom never says a word. He's like, oh, he might say it to his buddies. He's like, oh, Fez, what is he doing betting the NHL? But um, he knows when we add it up at the end of the year, everything will be just fine. So I got to ask you that, Hitman. I, and I should have asked this of Brad a week ago. Are you a professional better or do you, do you have a quote unquote real job or is this your full time thing? No, so I was a school teacher. I was a phys ed teacher. And in my mid-20s, I took the leap of faith kind of when sports betting became legalized because eventually 
I'm doing both at the same time. And I realize, you know, like, all right, I'm making close to my yearly salary. I'm making my yearly salary betting. Now I'm making more. And what, what the heck am I doing? Why am I still miserable working this job when I can be betting for, for a living? So I took the leap of faith years ago and it's just gotten better and better as I've gotten more connections, gotten more ways to find accounts. It's gotten better. So, you know, right now at 31, it's going well, but hoping that it lasts for the long term. How many guys do you think are out there like you guys, Steve? Like that, that this is their sole source of income is betting. 100 is my number. Really? I'd go Although over. it's not really your sole source of income, right, Steve? You got you do other things, but it but betting the betting industry is your sole source, right? And and to be fair, the number's higher because they're it's probably more like like a thousand, but like nine hundred guys are just guys that are like working for Tom, all right, and they couldn't do it themselves, but they're just part of the of the hitman machine. Am I would would you agree, Tom? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys that, yeah, partnering up is huge, but it's hard as a partner sometimes to make enough to not work another job on top of that. And like you and I, we do the pick selling and everything, but I know for both of us, the betting usually uh, tends to outweigh that. And the, the pick selling on top of that, which you could consider another job, that's just usually a little bit of extra money. That, that would, and a difference Tom and I have with, versus the industry and we all like to feel we put the best foot forward but Russ we really are like we'll give out if we give out a pick and we play Atlanta at Pickham hosting Washington and the line goes to two and a half and three we're not going to keep selling that we're going to tell clients you know that ship has sailed it was a great bet but we keep, now we're not going to recommend it anymore whereas our a lot of our peers in the industry it's still their Battlestar Galactica intergalactic game of the century and they'll sell it all the way up to post. And that's a big difference between us. All right. So this might be a dumb question, but like if you're really good and you're really winning a lot, do you even want people to know who you are? Number one. And number two, do you want to be selling picks? It's a good question. And, and, you know, I get asked a lot, you know, you're doing really well on the betting side. Why continue to sell picks? Well, from what I found personally, it hasn't really impacted my betting negatively. I'm able to get the money down that I desire on a certain bet. And if the market does not move, it might move maybe a half point off of some of my bets or a prop, for example, could move a little bit. But if, if the market is still playable for other people, I have no issues giving it out. And, you know, I started out before I was full-time betting and I was still teaching. I started selling picks and that's how I got found in the industry is I would do free write-ups on forums and I got noticed, Hey, this guy puts in some pretty good work and people started to find an interest in my picks and purchase them. So I was doing that from the very start before I even got involved in the betting. And you know what, to be honest, also the extra money, it's not bad to get that. If you still feel that you're giving value to people. So that's kind of the counterpoint that I give to some people that say, if you're so good, why just not stick with the betting? And also one other thing, and Fez, you know this greatly, the more successful you become in the betting space, the harder it is to get your money down. And it's something that you got to continue to deal with. You got to continue to go through a lot of different avenues to get the money down betting. And let's be honest, the longevity of it, 
you don't know how long it's going to last. So you're going to be able to get that type of money down that you got in the earlier stages of betting. Yeah. And the one exception to the rule is that there are places, no secret, that let me bet that wouldn't if I wasn't, you know, an industry um, recognizable figure. So there are some places in Vegas where people are like, oh, they still let you play and, and they let you bet their limits. And a lot of it is because, you know, I lo- oftentimes I love the casino. I love everything they're doing. Like I, I'm a huge like fan of the win Las Vegas. Win Encore is my favorite uh, place to stay in Vegas. And their sports book is very, um, you know, open to letting me play. And it's a good marriage, so to speak. Love it. My favorite marriage right now is me and Labatt Blue Lights. When I want to take things to the next level, like I am at the beach right now, I drink some Labatt Blue Lights with friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. All right, so here's what I think is interesting, Hitman. Before we get into some of your props and your process. So Steve is like a genius, right? Like Steve went to Northwestern and he didn't get in because of sports. Like he like got in because of his academics. And he was an insurance actuary. And the math stuff he does in his head is whatever. Did you say earlier you were a phys ed teacher? Yep. I'm okay. So, so, so you can relate a little bit more to the listener, the common man, I think, than Steve does. So how did you do it? Like, how did you, are you just the smartest, no offense to phys ed teachers out there, but are you the smartest phys ed teacher of all time? Like what happened? You know, a lot of betting is a lot of common sense rules apply. One networking is so important in life. And if you can network with other, I network with some modelers. I network with people that are a lot smarter than me and they can help me with a lot of the stuff that's above what I'm able to do. So that that's one thing that helps me. And two is grinding. Steve knows that if you can get 30, 40, 50 different sets of accounts and you're dealing with different odd sets, you're dealing with different markets. A lot of times you can find a lot of discrepancies in the markets that it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out, hey, um, bookmaker Circa has this line at three and a half and this slow moving shop is putting it at two and a half. And then I I would say last is just grinding for information. The the preseason has typically been my best market by an absolute mile with the NFL. And the reason is because the preseason, it's grinding for information. It's finding out, Who's starting quarterback is playing? What team is going to not play anybody like the Rams, but what team is going to play their starters in a certain game? It's huge. So if you're able to follow the beat writers, grind for information, you're going to do well in that. And that's kind of what I consider my strengths is grinding and getting accounts and also the networking aspect, which is so important, not just for betting, but in life, networking is the most important thing, in my opinion. Hey, man, when you say getting accounts, I want you to clarify for people that might not know what you mean. So there's a so there's obviously the legalized sports business and they tend to not like winners. A lot of the shops. So a lot of times there will be people that maybe help you get some money down, take some of the profits. And that's totally legal. It's total. It's totally legal. Am I correct, Steve? It you. It's illegal. And by the way, let me caveat this. I Last time I checked, I do not have a law degree. So take anything I say with a grain of salt. 
But in Nevada, I can speak to, I am not allowed to pay someone to place bets for me. But as long as they're a partner and they can be a minority partner, everything's A-OK such that if I want to have one guy place bets and he takes 12% of the action and I take 88% of the action, et cetera, that is absolutely perfectly legal. Yeah. And then there's also what we call paper head business, which is essentially your local bookie. So people think of that as like the guy that owns the pizzeria that books with a website and everything. And that's still a big business and towards getting money down. So it's a lot of times finding people that can get accounts, sharing, going 50-50 partnerships, free roll partnerships, whatever is good for their risk, for how risk adverse they are. And getting accounts that way. So I'll say that once you get to the point that Steve and I get to, it becomes, it. I don't want to say easy, but it is a lot easier to win than it is to actually get the money down. And that's what you need a lot of betting partnerships to be able to get the money down to continue to earn. So Ross and I have a, a mutual friend, Paul, comes on the show sometimes and he was betting in Pennsylvania and I was just sending my plays and... He had a nice little, I would say, 12-month run where he did very well. And then it just became too difficult because all of a sudden he had $57 limits and $28 limits and lots of his books. And it kind of is genius in some ways. Books, they don't bar you, but they set your limits so low that it just it's no longer worth your time. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right. Hitman, let's get into some of the bets you have so far or your process for this season. I was seeing you on Twitter that you've already got props down. How many props are even out there right now? So I haven't sent out props to clients or anything. I'm mostly doing regular season props that I'm sending out. And the reason for that is a lot of these are one or two books. There's very low liquidity in the market on a lot of this stuff. But I could give you, I, I do bet a lot of season long props and I bet a ton of stuff that I'm not giving out for a service. It's just personal bets that I'm using to build my bankroll. So um, there's, there's been a lot of, I know DraftKings has the passing props up on pretty much all the quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And for a lot of these season long props, it's no secret that we do look to play unders in them. And two of them that I played is Russell Wilson under 3,850 and a half. At DraftKings, and another one is Mac Jones under thirty four hundred and a half passing yards. Also, that line at DraftKings. And 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 why did you like those numbers, Russell Wilson? If you listen to a lot of Sean Payton's press clippings and their off season moves, it's been about building a stronger running game. And then you also have the fact that Jared Stidham got signed to not really a scrub contract for a backup. Two years, ten million, and Russell Wilson. Let's be honest; he could be on thin ice if he struggles early in this season. And then we talk about with the season-long props. You like to play unders. Big reason for that is the injury risk that a lot of these players have. Yeah, violent game. You know that, Russ. And Russ, you know, he was durable as can be in the beginning of his career, but the last two years, he's lost a little bit of athleticism. 
he's missed games in the last two seasons. So it, it could be Russell Wilson being a little more injury prone later in his career. Mac Jones, you know, the Patriots, they haven't added a ton of game-breaking weapons. Figures to be a run-heavy offense that runs through Ramondre Stevenson. Another quarterback could see Bailey Zappi at some point if Mac Jones does struggle. And the tough schedule this year, six division games against what we'd say top seven, eight defenses in Buffalo, the Jets, and Miami with Vic Fangio now coordinating them. So those are two uh, unders that appealed to me for the season-long props this year. And you know, if is- it's interesting – oh, go ahead, Steve. You say you make your comment before I chime in. Hitman is following a basic strategy here where he's starting out and he knows if, if, if you did nothing more than shopped every number and played every skill position player under in the NFL, you'd probably win 60% of your bets. It's that good because you've got the injury uh, advantage. If, you're, if the guy gets hurt, he goes under. You've got the benching advantage. If a guy plays poorly, gets benched, you go under. And you know what? If the, neither one of those two things happens, it's pretty close to a fair bet at 50-50 anyways. So all the advantages are in your favor. So you want to look on almost all the time towards the under. So what's interesting is the content providers, the fake pros, the guys that don't bet for a living, they do the exact opposite. Three quarters of the bets they'll advocate are all about breakout players and guys that are going to have monster years and he like and they like them all over, right, Tom? For sure. And, you know, there will be selectively a few overs I'll play. And I will say that the market is making it a lot harder because they have caught on to that people like to play the unders. So they've made it a lot harder this season. But I so I don't think you could just blindly bet unders like you could have two, three years ago. But I still think that selectively playing some unders is probably the better way to go on some season-long props. I guess my question is, how many quarterbacks play every game? I'm sure you have the data, either Hitman or Steve, but like it feels like a bunch of them miss a game or two. And if you do, at least, and if you do, because think about how many backup quarterbacks start games every year. I, I would say almost half the league off the top of my head, a backup quarterback starts at least multiple games. Well, if that happens, you're, you're going under, right? Well, and that's you- half the teams probably. See. I mean, I don't know if you, either one of you guys has the number, but that off the top of my head, a lot of backup quarterbacks start a couple games. I mean, later in the year, when I'm broadcasting, that's why they have flex scheduling in the NFL because nobody likes to watch backup quarterbacks. So think of that number, what you think happens to quarterbacks, and now think about what it's like when the running back market comes out a little later this offseason. How many running backs play every single game or even 15, 16 games with all the committees now? So, yeah, it's a like I said, it's a violent game, like you said. And uh, most of the professionals are definitely leaning uh, more towards unders. And I do feel also, if you look at the NBA, the NBA has become the king of game management. And so many players missing so many games. And with the 17-game schedule, I think that the NFL, uh, with so many teams making the playoffs, that's going to become more and more commonplace that guys – that go ahead and have a tweaked back or a sore hamstring are going to make more business decisions, um, especially when they're already um, their playoff spot is likely, um, you know, they're going to be a wild card and they can't win the division anymore. It's interesting. Um, what is the timing hitman 
of when most of the books, obviously we love DraftKings, we're DraftKings people, but when most of the books start to release their props, because I'm imagining if this is a good market to attack, especially the unders, you got to be like primed and ready to go so that when those markets are released, you hit a bunch of unders before people like you and Steve do and the numbers go down. Yeah, some of the books have already started to put it out. And there's not a ton of books that are giving the type of menu that places like DraftKings, Caesars, FanDuel does. For example, Steve, you know in Vegas, looking for season-long player props on third-string wide receivers on some teams, it's not happening out there. So the thing is, like, it's a lot of – like five or six of the legalized shops are the ones that are typically offering – these markets. But then the question becomes with a lot of these shops is the type of limits they're taking. And some of these shops, they're taking limits that are so small that it's not even worth somebody like me or Steve's time. And then there's some other shops. I know we Caesars does a really good job. They take $1,000 from pretty much anybody on a lot of these season-long props. That's great and respectable limits. And I'm, I'm a big fan of them. So it's really about a few shops and they're coming out during pretty much the slow time of the off season, just to generate some interest, uh, generate some talking points about uh, season long props, get people ready for football. So Hitman, your portfolio typically is what percentage would you say is NFL versus other stuff? It's mostly NFL, but I bet every sport, I bet little league world series. I bet. <laughs> I bet you can bet on the league world stuff. series. Uh, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, I want. <laughs> I, I have to address this because this really is a travesty. This betting on the Little League World Series, something has to be done. They have to increase the betting limits on this stuff. You got to be able to bet more. <laughs> but you know what? I rely. The thing is, I rely on other people. So I'm what you call an NFL originator. I make my own opinions in the NFL, and I'll bet off of those. But in other sports, I'm using guy college football. Brad Powers, who I know you had on this show. He's yep. absolutely amazing. Whatever Brad Powers tells me about college football, I'm, I'm betting. And I work with other originators in other sports, follow the news. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to bet against the Bucks after Giannis gets ruled out, unsurprisingly. Or surprisingly. So for, with, with the other markets, I'm betting everything, but I'm more just betting information and betting off of uh, some information that other sharp originators in those sports share with me. All right, so we're in mid-June, Hitman. Do you have – you mentioned the Mac Jones prop, the Russell Wilson prop. What What's the rest of your NFL portfolio look like right now? Is it season win totals? Is it week one? Is it uh, – pri- are you primarily a prop guy? I guess I'm just curious. So I'm, I'm betting all types of NFL, season win totals, sides, totals, props. Uh, Steve and I are big into the game of the years, and which is the full week two through 18 schedule. And it sucks because Steve and I find each other kind of competing against each other on some of these lines, seeing who could snipe the other to, to get it at a specific book. But um, that's a big part of my portfolio right now. And I'll tell you, I heard Steve on the show the other week. He was talking about October, game of the years at DraftKings. And I was listening to it. I said, Steve, you forgot a really good one. And I think that one was, uh, Steve, and you'll probably agree, October 23rd. San Francisco at Minnesota. San Fran is laying minus one and a half. San Fran's laying minus three in Pittsburgh in week one. I have Pittsburgh as a slightly better rated team 
than Minnesota. One of those lines are wrong. In all likelihood, we know that the week one line is more efficient than a week eight line at the moment. I think that the correct line for that Minnesota-San Fran game should probably be around three. So San Fran minus one and a half, October 23rd at DraftKings. I think it's a pretty solid wager. What – um. How many how many points do you guys think a line has to be off like for week eight to bet it now? Or is it just about going through a key number? You want a point and a half unless it's a key number. If it's a key number on the three, the hook is, is perfectly sufficient. Laying two and a half on a line should be three. So think about it. Let's break down the math. Let's assume the line should be three. So if these teams play 100 times, 45 times, team's going to cover. 45 times they're not going to cover, and 10 times it's going to land right on three. So if you lay three, you're going to go 45, 45, and 10. If you lay two and a half, you go 55 and 45. You're styling. But if you take plus three and a half, same thing, 55 and 45, 55% is A-OK. So you can see just getting half the hook on a three puts you at 55%. Wow, that's awesome. Hey man, I do pretty good for a guy that doesn't all the, know all the numbers. I tell you what, between my football acumen and then learning from Steve over the years about the night, I think I'm dangerous now. Well, you got the Ivy League education. You're not, and you're not like me with that. Uh, um, not far from an Ivy League education. Let's put it like that. <laughs> you know, a backstory. I got to tell you, Tommy's at, at pregame, and he does a great job there. You know, with me and several other really good handicappers. And so he came out and he was going to produce um, some content. And the so he had a week in the office where he was just like, you know, putting together spreadsheets and, and, and researching stuff. And, you know, it's, it's the sort of thing that is not um, his forte. And so it's almost like if you had Russell Wilson trying to run the accounting department, he probably wouldn't be a superstar doesn't mean he's not going to have a really good year. Probably bad example because he probably isn't going to have a really good year. But you see, you see where I'm going. And I can actually see Russell Wilson as an accountant, which is <laughs> yes. really weird the way you just said that. Like, I can see it. I can also see everybody that's listening or watching us, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, checking out the Hitman on social media at Hitman428. Steve, of course, at Fezzik Sports. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. Hey, man, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Really appreciate this. This is exactly what I was looking for. Other than that, good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports, and the College Draft, all available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.